Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers, a podcast dedicated to those who have left religion behind and are now seeking to rebuild their lives through self-exploration, play, and spirituality. I, your host, Christina Carlson, am an embodiment and intuition coach. I work with bitches, witches, and queers to discover their own worth and value and learn how to trust themselves to create the lives they want. I'm an experimenter by nature, so this podcast, like my life, is an offering in flux. What you find here will be diverse and, hopefully, interesting. One thing you can know for sure is that we will get good and curious here. Welcome. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I wanted to do a few announcements before we get started in today's podcast. Um, There are two exciting opportunities coming up to work with me that I wanted to share with you. And the first is a free mini workshop that I'm going to be doing called Queer Wife Life. And this workshop is specifically for women and femmes who are in straight passing relationships and um, specifically working through queer imposter syndrome and how to validate your queerness and embrace your queerness in a straight passing relationship. Um, I'm so excited about this workshop. If that sounds like you or someone you know, please share. Um, please come send me your email uh, via DM or you can email me. My email is linked below. Um, yeah, Queer Wife Life. I'm so excited about this one. I love doing workshops with you all, love chatting with you all, so I would love to see you there. Uh, The second is a program that I'm working on for this fall. Um, This program uh, does not have a name yet. I'll let you know when I come up with a name. Um, But it is going to be this fall starting in about September and is going to be uh, focused on rebuilding your connection with yourself through um, joyful connections, so through connection to your body, connection to your values, and connection to your soul desire. This is the work that I'm extremely passionate about, Um, really moving with self-compassion and love to help you move out of self-sabotage and away from shame cycles and into finding space for yourself in your life and your dreams that feels um, rich and aligned with who you are inside. Uh, There's so much value to this work. Everyone who does this work is, is changed in incredible ways and um, yeah, I'm just, I just can't say enough good things about it. If you want to get on the waiting list, now's the time. I'm only accepting five people for this fall because it is the first time I'm going through it. And, uh, there's a group component to this. There will be classes and there's also going to be one-on-one support. So there's going to be a lot, um, that you'll get in this program and it's at a discounted rate since it's the first time I'm going through it. Um, so yeah, uh, DM me your email or, um, send me an email if you're interested in getting on that wait list. Um, and without further ado, I will introduce our guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Bitches, Witches, and Queers. I am here today with Erin Johnson. Hi, Erin. Hi. Thanks for having me. I love your podcast name. I think it's oh. so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I like to say I channeled it because I felt like I channeled it. It's so good. I feel like I embody witches and queers, and I would like to embody more bitches, but yeah, I like it a lot. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. You know, I like, when I first thought of the name, I like, it just like kind of like came out of me, and I I wasn't like, I hadn't named the podcast, I just like called my audience that, and then Mm -hmm. I was like, oh my god, is that offensive? And then I was like, I don't think anyone who actually like wants to listen to me like be who I am is going to be offended by this name. And I think that's yeah. the sweet spot. <laughs> that feels true. <laughs> like if you're offended by the name, it probably isn't for you. <laughs> yeah, then I mean, you're probably going to hear me like 
cussing the whole time, which even the word cussing is funny. I'm like, I haven't said cussing in a long time. Cussing. I'm like, <laughs> I say fuck, not cussing. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, yeah. I'm so, so happy to talk to you. We were talking before we pressed record and I was like, why the fuck are we not recording this? <laughs> okay. So tell me, tell me about like yourself as a child. Like, where did you grow up? What was your life like? Who were you as a little kiddo? Oh, I love this question. I grew up in Southern Maryland, D.C. suburbs um, until I was 14. And then my family moved to Southern Delaware, which were two very different experiences. Um, And I lived there until I went to college. As a kid, I was so nerdy and I had really curly blonde hair. (laughs) And I spent a lot of time at my grandma's house. My grandma basically raised me and my older sister until we were five. and I loved the textures of rose petals on my hands after the rain. And I loved reading books and I wrote poems and I loved going in the woods with my sister. Um, and I loved going ice skating. Um, and I was, I was quite shy and I spent a lot of time also at church. I went to, you know, Christian preschool and kindergarten and then I was starting going to public school, but it was the whole vacation Bible school, Sunday school, church, Wednesday night, youth group, once I got old enough for youth group, all that stuff. (laughs) Um, but I think in general, I was really soft and shy and I really loved books and I really loved writing. And that hasn't, that, those two things have not changed. (laughs) What was, um, I, first of all, I love that picture. Like, I don't know if you've seen the movie Amelie, but like the way you described yourself is like how they described the characters at the beginning of the story. Like I loved being out in, in the rain and feeling the texture of rose petals. (laughs) I I haven't, but I really did. My grandma always brings it up. It's very sweet. (laughs) So vivid. Um, what was your, like, uh, what was your own spiritual experience growing up? Like, what was your experience of the spiritual and what did that mean to you? Mm. Yeah, I think I had no concept of spirituality that was outside of religion. And I was not a kid who like, um, or at least not consciously that I remember, like saw visions or spirits or anything like that. I know a lot of very cool spiritual people like were like that as kids. I was not. Cool spiritual people. Cool spiritual people. Um, (laughs) But I remember when I was really young, I really believed in Christianity. Like, I really believed in Jesus. I really wanted Jesus to love me. I was excited to get baptized. I was reading, like, some captions I wrote in some of my mom's scrapbooks when I was, like, seven years old, literally on my, like, baptism picture page, um, where I wrote about, like, how great it was and how much I loved Jesus. So it was definitely real for me at some point and it just feels so hard to remember those actual feelings of feeling like it was real because as I grew up I think like by the end of middle school and definitely like beginnings of high school everything was starting to crack for me and I was like do other people feel stuff when they pray because like I don't feel anything like why does everyone seem to feel this way when they're like singing the worship songs and I feel nothing like I don't feel God I don't feel this presence I don't feel someone talking back um so it just started feeling really untrue to me um so I sort of secretly stopped believing in Christianity because I wasn't actually allowed to not believe in it so I started like learned early on that any questioning of Christianity was like 
quite upsetting for my mom. You upset mom, you throw off the whole family balance, you get in trouble, that whole thing. So I sort of kept it to myself, but I don't think I really had spiritual connection in that time where I was like, it's not Jesus, but what is it? Um, And then I started like coming back to not coming back, but coming into a new, different way of relating to spirituality in college um, when I found yoga and started doing yoga and meditating. What did that feel like for you? It felt so interesting. It felt like something I had never experienced before. I was like, oh, my body? (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, like my body can be something that can connect me to something that I feel is bigger than myself or to an experience of peace. It was like, I feel like the evangelical Christianity is so disembodied. And I mean, a lot of traditions and like new age spirituality are also disembodied or like want you to be that way. Um, And I think in yoga, I was starting to access a spirituality that was like about rooting into your body, which was really cool and so unfamiliar. Um, But that shifted a lot for me. Like that really made me start to, it like opened a whole spiritual door where it was like, Oh, okay. There are other things that I can be besides religious or not. Like there might be other ways of connecting to something. There might be like something totally in between these two like black and white experiences. Um, so that was really cool. I relate so hardcore to that, especially like growing up in Christianity and like having that dissociation from the body I mean we were told that like our body was like sinful and wicked and like Mm -hmm. not safe you know and um I also like when I started dance and then later in yoga I was like Mm -hmm. oh my body can be a place of like safety and like my own experiences and a source of pleasure which Mm -hmm. felt deeply spiritual Yeah, I feel like that's a core part of my spiritual beliefs now is that pleasure is spiritual and that feeling alive and feeling good and feeling anything also, feeling a whole spectrum of feelings is spiritual. Um, But yeah, that's totally a radical awakening moment of like, wow, pleasure can be actually something that's first of all for me and second of all, something that can be good or even spiritual that's a wild concept coming from christianity (laughs) it is it is it's um it's quite radical (laughs) but but also just so human you know yeah not like it's not a wild concept as far as like humanity goes but Mm -hmm. as far as culture especially that culture it's it's radical for sure yeah well i think that's like this is how i feel anyways which is like pleasure, connecting to your body, being fully in touch with your body, being in touch with nature, like those things are natural. And I think that Christianity is so unnatural. Like it wants us to do things that are completely against our nature and like everything I believe that is good and sacred. So it's like a very weird thing that we've done. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting, isn't it? It's like, um, it's almost like colonization was part of its format. (laughs) you know it's almost like that yeah it's almost like that destroy our connection with nature it's almost like it's all about power it's almost like that (laughs) yep Yep. um can you tell me about like a, a pivotal moment in your like in your personal development and life that um 
that shaped who you are now? Mm. Okay. I, this is, I feel like there's a lot, but this is the one that's coming up right now. So I'll just share it. Um, so I went to Spirit Weavers a few years before the pandemic. I don't remember exactly when, but I don't know, maybe like four or five years ago now. And um, it's just like a, in quotes, women's gathering festival in Oregon, if people don't know what it is. Um, and I was there in like a facilitator capacity doing Reiki sessions in a like healing village, but I also got to be there to like experience it. Um, and while I was there, I was like, oh, wow, there's actually like a lot of cool stuff that I didn't expect to be here. And there was this like pleasure tent. I don't remember what it was called, but in my head, it was a pleasure tent. Um, and they did this practice there one night that was called pleasure stacking. And it was basically like one person on a massage table, fully naked or maybe partially almost naked, depending on like their comfort level receiving all of this non-sexual but like like sensual pleasure from a bunch of people surrounded so there were like 20 people like at any given moment like giving massage or like someone was like whispering french poetry into someone's ear like, <laughs> like wafting like scents in front of their it was like pleasure overload in like all these different ways there were like textures and like silky fabrics that were being like draped around or like run over skin um and it was so fun. And then after like you had your turn being uh, receiving pleasure, then you like went to like the little cuddling area and were just like spooned um, by other people who were there. And at the at that night, it was just fun and it felt really good. And then later after I left, all of this shame came up for me and I was like, oh my God. And at the moment, at that moment in time, I was identifying as bisexual. I was in a relationship with cis man and I had never been with queer people um, romantically or sexually, except for like making out with girls in high school for boys at parties. Um, and I felt all of this shame came come up after that experience because I was connecting that like, I really enjoyed it. And I was like, oh my God, I'm gross. I'm creepy. Like that was kind of sexual for me, but it wasn't sexual for any of the other women there. Like I shouldn't have enjoyed being spooned by naked women. Like who wouldn't enjoy that? Um, I had all this like shame rise up um, and it really felt terrible. And I remember going down to the river and sitting by the rocks and like just feeling all of that and journaling into that. And I was like, okay, I'm just going to go to bed because I feel like shit and maybe in the morning I'll feel better. And I was walking by, um, back to my tent because we were all camping and there was like a full moon dance party happening and there was like all this loud music and it was the full moon and it was so bright and vibrant and we we're around all the trees and everyone's just like mostly naked dancing under this full moon. And I was like, well, maybe I'll just join for a few minutes. <laughs> so I joined and I danced. And of course I stayed for like a really long time because I was like dancing and moving out this stuff out of my body, I think. Not in like a conscious way, but I think that's what was happening. And then afterwards I took this shower 
um, in these like open air showers under the stars, looking over the river. And I was just like, wow, this feels like a really profound and powerful moment for me. And I think looking back, I'm like, oh, I think that was probably the beginning of the end of the relationship I was in at that time, even though it didn't end for a couple more years and it was really the beginning of like an awakening of queer desire and like the dream of actually having queer love queer sex all those things that like for me felt like that is such a distant impossible dream like my family would cancel me no like I can't have that that can be for other people but it could never be for me um so I think that moment was one of many turning points, um, feeling that shame and also just like waking, waking something up in me in like a, in a deeply alive way. Sorry, that ended up being so long. (laughs) Don't be sorry. That was an incredible story. (laughs) Hello loves. It's me, Christina. I wanted to interrupt this episode to talk to you briefly about my one-on-one rebuilding coaching series. This 12-week series is designed to transform the way you show up in your life, um, to help you discover your next step and support you to move confidently into it. We work on inner critic, dialogue, confidence, and trusting yourself to make decisions. I like to look at life as a series of endings and beginnings. There's so many of those in our lives, and I think this space is where the greatest transformation takes place. And whether you've already gone through a change or feeling like there's a change around the corner or just really feel like something is missing, These spaces are great for asking, what do I want now and what is possible for me now? If you're really longing to live freely and trust yourself to move through life with confidence, this series is for you. My clients call this series transformative, empowering, and inspiring, and they often report after the series they feel confidence to say no, trust their worth, in touch with their bodies, and in tune with their instincts. This is a powerful container and can have huge long-term impacts on your life and well-being. You can learn more by visiting my website at www.christinamcarlson.com, also listed in the show notes, um, and that's where you can learn more about working with me. Thanks for your time. Now back to the show. Wow. That's, I mean, that's a lot to process. What, What was supportive for you going forward from that? Writing poems writing in my journal, sharing about that experience with other people. And yeah, then I started to have really more serious conversations about becoming poly with my partner at the time and wanting to like have threesomes and stuff like that. So I think it was like, it was part like processing internally and it was also part like my life needed to change and I knew it needed to change and actually it needed to change in way bigger ways than that. But that was like the first, <laughs> that was the first step. And that's like what ended up happening. Um, and also being in nature. Like, I think that just like nature for me is really helpful for integrating and, and feeling held and feeling connected to myself and also making things feel more right-sized, you know, like things feel like this huge. And then if I can like spend time with the stars or with water and like with trees, I'm like, oh, right. Like this is real. And also all of this around me is real too. And like, it's really okay. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's like, you know, it's interesting because we talk about like feeling small, like around really big pieces of nature. Um, 
like being small in a forest or next to the mountains. But like, I've always felt it's like, it's like that, but not because of size. It's almost like you, you actually sense the weight of the universe and the world mm-hmm. when you're out in it. Yeah. And you get to feel like you're really part of it, I think. Yeah. So tell me what, um, what this pivotal moment in your life and um, having like come from the background that you came from, you mentioned shame. Um, I'm curious what it is that you do now and where you're at now in your life. Yeah. I mean, I think spiritually I've had a whole arc of an experience (laughs) where I feel really rooted in right now anyways as we're talking about this who knows how things will change continue to change but where I feel like so much of what is spiritual to me is just living like it feels so much less important to me right now to like sit down at my altar and do an intentional practice or to like show up for breath work or whatever um even though I love those things but it feels so much more important to like integrate those tools that I've been using for so long um and like just have them in my pockets when I need them to support me and actually living and actually being myself and having the life I want to have and um yeah I think that it's spirituality for me is found in connection to other people it's like in the way I show up in relationship it's being in nature for sure um it's like being present and slowing down and paying attention to my body and to my life and to what's around me um and being able to experience pleasure and to experience the people that are with me um so I think that's kind of where I'm at spiritually and I think sort of creatively and like in the work that I do writing just feels like a full circle moment for me and also like the most important thing that I do right now um there's a lot of things that I have done and do around religious trauma but I think I just feel so it feels really present the power of writing to support healing um for me and I think I'm just like writing for my for myself right now like I'm glad that my poetry collection is out in the world and um, there's a lot more writing that is coming through. And I think it's like, wow, I've been through a whole wild transformation experience in the past like five years or whatever. And I'm like, but I'm still processing it, you know, (laughs) like I'm still like, I still need to write about those things and I still need to like learn what actually happened during those times. And I'm still trying to make connections and make, make everything make sense in whatever ways it can, because also it just might not make sense, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, I think I'm still processing a lot in writing. Yeah. Um, are you able to tell us what you're writing now? Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm working on a collection of short stories that are about queerness and religious trauma. Um, I'll probably be writing it for like a million years, so who knows? Um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of stories that I feel like I want to tell and feel like I need to tell. Um, and I've started to like publish some of those stories in, in other ways. Like I wrote an article about a baptism reclamation I did with my partner um, 
for Salty and I'm like writing some other pieces that will be out there in separate ways, but I think they also tell this story together. Um, and I'm really interested in telling that story. So, so that's what I'm working on. That's amazing. I can't wait. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'm curious because I, I'm, am, I, I change the label often. Yeah. Um, but I grew up queer in the church and I, a lot of our listeners are also by and in straight relationships or have grown up in the church. And, mm-hmm. um, I'm curious about your experience. Okay. In the time, I know you said that by the time you hit junior high and high school, you were sort of like leaning out of that, at least internally. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what it was like for you and if you were aware of your sexuality at that point and what, what your experience was with that. Yeah, thanks for asking. Um, I knew I was queer when I was like eight years old. I remember being in third grade and walking down the hallway and I didn't have the language of queer. I wasn't like, I'm queer, but I was very aware that I was like interested in girls' butts in the hallway. Like I felt like clear about that. And I was like, well, everyone feels this way. Like it's, it doesn't mean it. It's no problem. But like, no. <laughs> oh it was quite clear yeah I just like but I sort of shoved it down and I think the story I just told myself over and over again was like yeah I know but like everyone feels that way I'm still straight um and you know that was obviously not true everyone doesn't feel that way and I'm not straight but (laughs) that was like what I told myself for a long time and I think I did such a good job that I kind of like forgot like it was like an immediate like thought like that then just like the next thought was immediately oh it's fine like I'm still I'm straight everyone feels that way it doesn't mean anything and then in college I think that sort sort of started to fall away but I felt really clear that like this was a shameful thing and I could not share it with people like I didn't have queer friends I didn't you know my sister at the time was dating a woman and was out as bi. Um, But I didn't even tell her, even though I was like really supportive of her and I was happy for her. It was like such a like tight shame experience for me. I was like, I can't talk about this. Like people can't know. This is never something I could ever act on. So it doesn't matter. Um, And I remember like getting really drunk and drinking a bunch of wine at dinner with my friends in Brooklyn one night. Of course, we were like visiting a friend's family and I was going on about how everyone's a little bit bisexual. Like one day we won't do these. Like it's so, it's so bi, it's so gay (laughs) to say that. And then afterwards when I like was like sober and I remembered saying that and I was like, oh God does everyone know now? (laughs) But yeah, I think it's hard because I I knew from a really young age that truth. And I also knew from a really young age, the truth that that was so not okay in my family and in Christianity. Um, And that's true. Like that's been a whole really hard journey coming out to my parents and it's like really fractured relationship and it's been really hard. Um, so like I was right and I think I was right to not share that with my parents for sure I don't think it was safe for me to come out as a kid um I feel pretty clear that they probably would have put me in conversion therapy so like I'm glad at least that I didn't come out to them at that time I wish that I was able to feel more supported like 
with friends or in other spaces where it probably would have been okay. But I think it was just a really different time. And with the added layer of Christianity, it's like, (laughs) it's just, it was really hard. Um, But when I was in my 20s, I started to like come out as bi um, to to some people. I didn't come out to my family, but I was out to like my friends, to my boyfriend at the time. Um, and, and that was all okay. Like that was fine. And I think it was just a gradual experience of like queerness becoming a little bit more visible, a little more acceptable, having more queer people in my life. So being able to like feel more safe doing that and also having done a lot of healing around the religious trauma piece and, um, just understanding a lot more about compulsory heterosexuality and just all the healing work I've ever done. It was like a lot of factors, I think, combining to make it feel more safe for me to express that. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of shared, I had some pivotal moment. I had a lot more pivotal moments. Um, and then I think I realized for me that I am actually not attracted to cis men at all and I can't be in romantic or sexual relationship with them and I also don't want to be um so yeah then I came out as just queer slash lesbian um not very long ago like a year and a half ago um and that felt really clear because I really really fell in love and I was like well I've never been in love before and now I know what everyone's talking about (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. what an incredible journey it's been a time, it's it's been a time. Yeah. what has been what's been like the most supportive thing you've been able to do for yourself through that process mm. like whether it's like a belief or a practice or thought hmm I think the thought has been a continual reminder that I don't have to live a life that makes other people comfortable or makes sense to other people. And I owe it to myself to make a life that makes me feel happy. That's been a really important reminder um, because I have lots of amazing queer people and supportive, not queer people in my life. Um, but my family is a whole, whole different story. So that's been really important to remember. And I think just being in relationship with people who, um, are queer and have shared experience and just get it, that has felt so nourishing and life-giving and and important. What would you tell your younger self? I know this is kind of a question, but I really like it. Like, I know there's, there's like, kind of, like, we do things the best we can and, you know, mm-hmm. perfectly, really. Um, just like you said, I love that you named the fact that it wasn't safe for you to come out, so you're glad you did it. So yeah. The same way, and I think, like, you're right, we probably would have ended up in conversions there because there's a similar mm-hmm. smart to protect ourselves from that. I'm curious mm-hmm. if you could go back, and maybe you already have, um, to your younger self to give some sort of support and advice or tactics, what would you say to yourself to help you through that? Mm. Be in that process. Yeah. What a lovely question. 
I think I would want to say something along the lines of like, it's okay for you to just be yourself. And I think that's not just in in the context of queerness. I think I, I definitely did spend a lot of time as a kid learning how to shape shift myself so that I could be accepted and so that I could fit in. And I think like, you know, with that added nuance of like, and even if you can't be yourself everywhere, you have to figure out how to be yourself with you. You have to figure out how to be yourself with like one person around you. Like, even if you have to hide that from some people, like let that part of you live and don't hide it from yourself. Cause I really hid it from myself, queerness, and just like a lot of my actual authentic self. And I have been peeling and plucking and like finding it ever since um so yeah I wish I did a worse job of hiding me from me <laughs> and I would want to tell little Erin that you know yeah it's it's so interesting like living <laughs> living is so interesting God <laughs> Um, it, is, though. <laughs> it really fucking is like the the way that like we're we're like I don't I don't want to necessarily say designed but like the way that we're wired or or designed or whatever is is for connection and openness and we thrive best when we're accepted and supported um, and yet we live in a world where there's so much fear of of that and so it's repressed from like the earliest stages. Um, if not by our immediate family, by like our like prominent cultures, and like we do whatever shit we have to to survive, and mm-hmm. like some of those coping mechanisms are less destructive than others, but they're all like they're all things that we then go back to if we have the capacity and unlearn again, and it's like mm-hmm. this. It's so interesting, like. Honestly, it seems like we could save a lot of time if we did things differently, <laughs> you know. But, but at the same time, it's like we're we're in this we're in this space where we are doing our fucking best, just like literally everybody. And mm-hmm. I just find it, I just find it really beautiful to hear your story of like moving. You know, I mean, of coming out, like of of your journey of coming out thank you thank you for holding space for it I think it's I think it's really important to share these stories and I have felt so nourished and held by hearing other people's stories around queerness especially from religious trauma background and coming from like Christianity so yeah, it feels really sweet to be able to to share. So thanks for asking and having me on. Yeah, absolutely. I want to share a funny story with you and my audience that I thought of when you were sharing your like realization that you were queer because you're like everybody likes butts, right? <laughs> um, I I used to look at I think it was like J C Penny like women's underwear magazine <laughs> to masturbate when I was like nine or ten. <laughs> And I like, I, okay, so it's so funny. I love that you're like, you convinced yourself because as, as someone who's like bi or compet, there's just like this, 
you're like, well, I'm attracted to both, so it's okay. Like, so this part doesn't really matter because, mm-hmm. like, I won't indulge. Like, I didn't even name it as simple. I was like, I didn't know there was such a thing as bi, so I assumed that if I was attracted to men, I couldn't be attracted to women. That it yeah. was something else that was going on. That I was just excited about, like, the option of sex or something. <laughs> 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 Looking back on, you're, you're just like, you were like, everyone does that. And so I was just like, everyone does this. Everyone does it. Everyone's into these JCPenney catalogs. This is normal. This is normal. This is fine. This is hetero. This is straight edge. Yeah, I get it. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story. I have a lot of talking. Yeah, it was so fun. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Okay. Thank you all for joining me today. If you are wanting one-on-one support to help you step into trusting yourself, seeing your own magic, and building the life that you want, you can contact me on my website. The website is below in the show notes. I hope you all have a bitchin' day.